Welcome to the Hope Church Port St. Lucie Sermon of the Week. We pray you enjoy this message by Pastor Justin Gaston. For more information about Hope Church and other resources, please visit IamHope.Church. He spoke to 500 people about what he said in Acts 1 and 4, to wait for the Holy Spirit. He spoke to 500 people. So the disciples weren't the only one that heard the command to wait for the Holy Spirit. 500 people heard that command. But on the day of Pentecost, only 120 people were there to receive the Holy Spirit. Which tells me that 380 people got impatient with God and left and missed the move of God. There are so many people that God has told them to wait, to serve, to stay put. But you've allowed your impatience to call you to move too soon. How does Jesus speak to 500 people and says, wait for the Holy Spirit? And 380 say, hey, I'm going to go do my own thing because I ain't got time for God. I believe revival is coming to this church. But I believe that God had to wait for the right people to get into the room. I believe some people have left this church out of impatience because the enemy of revival is impatience. Jesus didn't say, hey, fight the devil. He said, wait. Some of you have got out of your process way too soon. And you're going to miss a move of God if you don't connect yourself back to what God wants to do. I'm talking to some people this morning, man. When the revival came, 120 were in the room, 380 people missed a move of God. Because impatience, because of impatience, we witnessed more people leaving too soon and doing their own thing outside of a covering. God spoke to me, he says, hey, I've called some people to submit to leadership, but they've allowed their impatience to call them to, to go somewhere else. And we see this, we see this more prevalent today that there are so many people functioning outside of a covering, outside of pastoral leadership, outside of accountability. We have more self, self-proclaimed prophets than we ever had in the church before. We have more gospel singers slash R&B singers than we've ever had in, in the church before. Because nobody wants to be a worship leader and submit to leadership. I know you can sing, but can you submit? I know you're talented, but can you submit to leadership? Saul killed a thousand, David killed 10,000, but David still submitted to his leadership. And some of you have been deceived because you're so gifted. You, you think that, hey, I'm so gifted, I don't have to be under a covering. And the reason why your success is, is so hard to come around because you're trying to function by yourself. Some of you could be way more successful if you submitted your gifts to the, God's house. But you're trying to function in your own abilities and God says it's not going to work. Because under a covering, there's grace. And when there's grace, things open up for you a lot quicker than they will it than they really should had you not been under grace. I know you're talented, but can you submit to leadership? Not, see, 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 watch this, wise, let me help you out. Submission is not when everything is going good. Submission is when I want to go this way, but God has told the man of God to go this way, and because I respect God in the man, I'm going where God says to go. That's submission. Submission is not when everything is going your way and you continue to walk. No, submission is when there's a test of you to go somewhere opposite, but you still submit to the process God has you in. 
can you submit? You're talented, but can you submit? All this self-proclaimed different things, prophecy, false prophets. I, I see more false prophets on Facebook than I've, than I've ever seen. When the Bible clearly states to judge the prophecy, every time I prophesy, I document it. Because the Bible says that we're supposed to hold the prophecy accountable. But Facebook Live has given us this platform for everybody to say what God is saying. Don't speak for God if God ain't saying it. Do you realize what you're doing? Is that false prophets is a spirit of deception which comes from Satan? And Revelation 20 says that God has set aside a lake of fire. Watch this. For Satan, his, his angels, and false prophets. That's Revelation 20. When you say God said, and God didn't really say that. Because now what you're doing, you're taking the, the name above all names. You're, you're using it to manipulate what you want to happen in somebody's life. If God didn't say give $1,000, then why are you saying God said? And you wonder why there's a curse on your house. Because you're speaking in the name that God has not given you authority to speak in. About situations he's, he hasn't told you to speak about. False prophets giving us this, this, this crazy platform. Talented but can't submit. You can't submit because I'm 25. <laughs> He's too young. Some of you would rather be led by an insecure, manipulative Saul than an anointed David. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, it's not my age. It's because you want to do what you want to do. It's not my age, it's the anointing. And the anointing on my life won't let you do what you want to do. Yes, you got to tithe. Yes, you got to give. No, you can't sleep around and be on this platform. Why? Because I'm going to be held accountable for the word of God that I preach. I'm going to be held accountable for the sheep inside this church. And so I don't care how much you don't like what God has called me to do. Because at the end of the day, I got to stand before God and give an account for every soul inside this church. It's not my age, it's the anointing. <laughs> Woo, we're going to lose some members today. That's okay. <laughs> the moment you begin to hold people accountable, you get excuses about why they can't do certain things. Or, or they tag you with religious or judgmental. I'm not judgmental. I'm Bible. <laughs> and if that puts me in the category of church folks, then hey, I'm a top member. I would rather you be saved and offended than to be misled and feel good. Because what I desire the most for this church and the people inside this church is for you to stand before God and he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. There's nothing else that gives me more pride to do what God has called me to do than for you to stand in God's face and hear God say that to you. I don't want to stand in God's face and say, hey, you made too many friends because you were so nice because you preach grace and not holiness. Because you preach Jesus loves everybody, but not that, hey, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Jesus loves you, but hey, there's still a standard you have to live according to. The Bible is Old Testament and New Testament. Jesus is perfect theology. He was sinless, which means that he obeyed the law, but he was still merciful. That's perfect theology. To say, hey, I'm gonna do what God has called me to do, Old Testament, but I'm gonna still be merciful when someone else messes up. That's New Testament. That's perfect theology. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. That's, that's, that's the way we should desire to live. It's like Jesus. It's to not 
be so New Testament that we forget to live according to God's standard, but not be so Old Testament that we base our life off, off a bunch of rules, but to be right in the middle where Jesus is and says, hey, there's a way that we can live with both. There's a way that when you stumble, I'm going to be there to pick you up, but I'm going to also correct you because I don't want you to fall back into that same hole. That's what, that's what God has called us to do. Impatience left too soon. God has called me to be a spiritual father. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.15, he says that there are many instructors, but very few fathers. There are so many fatherless spiritual children inside of God's church now that, 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 that senior pastors and overseers have, have, have given up the cost of investment. It costs you something to be a father to people. It costs you something to invest into your congregation. If you're a father, one place you got to be is home, which means that you can't take every gig on Sunday. Ish asked me last week, he says, how do you feel about taking, you know, different things? I said, hey, as long as it ain't on Sunday, because God has called me to be a father. And one sign of a father is that you're home. I don't care what, 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 what your network looks like, what celebrity you were with this weekend. What about your congregation? What about your investment to the people that God has given you? Sometimes we seek to be so popular and we forget the very people God has called us to oversee. It costs you something to be a father in God's house. It costs you investment. It costs you time to go in the hospital and pray for people. That ain't old school, that's biblical. It's the investment of a father. Paul says we have many instructors. We have several people that are okay with telling other people what to do. But there are, there are only few people that will actually walk them through the processes of how to do it. God has called us, called me to be a father over this house to, to, to nurture and grow these kids. But, but one thing I see happening that's so common is that we become so distracted and so seduced with what happened. <laughs> what is happening at other people's churches? God told me this specifically. It may not make sense, but I'm going to bring it around to you. He says, and so many leaders have been seduced and distracted by Dothan's flock. Dothan's flock. I said, God, what is that? And now, I know that word because I read it before. Go to Genesis 37 again. Go to verse 12 for me. I'm going to point something out to you. We become so seduced and distracted by Dothan's flock. It says, then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. Watch this. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers feeding the flock? Where? In Shechem. Come, I will send you to them. So he said to, said to him, here I am. Then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flock and bring back word to me. So he went to see them in the valley of Hebron when he went to Shechem. Now watch this, watch this. Verse 17. So Joseph goes and he, he's looking for his brothers in Shechem. Verse 17 says that, and the man said to him, um, they have departed from here. I've heard that they say that they're going down to Dotham. So God, you know, jo Jacob tells Joseph, he says, go to find your brothers in Shechem. That, that was a commandment from the father, to go to Shechem and find your brothers. They are watching the flock there. But when Joseph gets there, he doesn't find his brother where God says they should be, where the father said they should be. 
and he sees this man, and the man says, well, I heard they were going to go down to Dotham. In Dotham, there are other flocks down there. And what God has told me that the reason why sometimes your house won't grow is because you focus on somebody else's house. Is that the father says, hey, I'm sending you where they should be, where they should be in Shechem. But when, when, when Joseph gets there, they're not what God said they should be. They put their eyes on something else. Be where you're called to be and not where you desire to be. Be where you're called to be. Where God has said to be, not where your flesh wants to go. Be where God says you need to be. And the reason why a lot of times we miss our breakthrough is because we're out of place. Your breakthrough is in your place. Your husband is in your place. Your wife is in your place. The moment you disobey what God says to be, you miss your breakthrough. The father tells Joseph to go here. And they've taken their eyes off their own flock. And they're going down to someone else's flock in Dotham. <laughs> write this down, write this down. The more focus you more focus you have on what you don't have, the less focus you have on what God has already given you. The more focus you have on what you don't have, the less focus you have on what God has already given you. They've taken their eyes off their own flock and they've gone down to Dothan. Now Joseph, watch this, Joseph can't fulfill his assignment because somebody else is out of place. And I heard God clearly says, get your eyes back on your flock. Is that, hey, guess what? Guess what this, this guy ain't worried about? I'm not worried about what Christ Chapel is doing in traditions because I hope people are getting saved. And so don't, don't, don't come to, to God's house talking about what other churches are doing like there's some competition. No, we're on the same team here. It's a kingdom team. It's that we're all in here to lead people to Jesus Christ. So, so this church is not about comparing it with, with other churches in Port St. Louis. No, we're on the same team. My eyes is not on what Stephen Furtick is doing. My eyes is not on what T.D. Jakes is doing. My eyes is on this flock right here. Some of your marriages are going crazy because your eyes is on somebody else's wife. Get your eyes back on your flock. Get your eyes. You wonder why the grass is greener on the other side because somebody is taking care of it. But you're so busy with your eyes over there, you can't see your own grass drying up. Get your focus and your vision back on what God has given you. Be what you're called to be, not what you desire. It's this lack of focus. Your eyes is over here, but your children are having suicidal thoughts, and, and you don't realize what's going on in their life because your focus is somewhere else. If you get your focus back in your family, maybe God will send you a man, but if you keep getting your eyes on, on, on Match.com and, and your vision somewhere else, what's around you is going to dry up every time. They're in Dothan. That's not what God said. That, that's not what the Father said be. He said be in Shechem. And now Joseph has been sent by the father to do one simple thing that he can't complete because the older generation is out of place. I wonder what the new generation can't complete because the older generation is out of place. I wonder what the new generation can't fulfill because their parents are out of place. I wonder what new generation of daughters can't fulfill who God has called them to be because their mother is still chasing behind a man. I wonder what would happen if we just stayed where God has called us to be, if we got our eyes back on our flock, if we got our eyes back on our church. I wonder what would happen to the younger generation who, had, who who's been given one simple request. God told me, I keep saying God because it's the Father. Jacob told Joseph, go there, give me a report, and come back. That's all he had to do. 
But now it becomes so confusing when the older generation is not what God has called them to be. Where has God called you to be that you won't stay there, you won't stay put? Get your eyes back on your flock. So because his brothers take their eyes off of Dothan, Jotham has a dream from God, and he's sold into this process. If we read the story, let's look at verse 18. He has the dream. Now, now he says that now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to someone another, look, the dreamer is coming. Look, the dreamer is coming. They saw him afar off and they conspired to kill him. What, what, what easily could have been avoided had they been where God has called them to be has now turned into Joseph about to die. And they saw him afar off. Understand that the enemy sees what's on your life before you even see it sometimes. And the title of my message is, I always say it in the middle or the end, is Spiritual Assassins. Spiritual Assassins. Because an assassin never reveals his identity when they're around you. Oh my God, help me, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Some of you don't realize that you are surrounded around people whose motives are actually to destroy you. I heard God clearly say, clearly say this, watch this, that your struggles sometimes are directly connected to your covering. That your struggles that you are in are directly connected to the relationships that you have. I guarantee you, if you look back over your life just two years ago, that some of you found it very difficult to even get a job. But the moment leadership changed, resources begin to flow again. <laughs> Sometimes your famine is produced by who's over you, who's your covering, who you're connected to, your relationship. And you wonder why things are drying up in your life. I challenge you today to check your circle. Is that they saw him afar off. The plot against your life has always existed, even before you were born. That the enemy does not wait for us to, to become fully mature before he starts attacking us. Some of you don't realize why you were born the way you were born. Some of you, some of your doctors say would never be born. The enemy had already knew the anointing on your life. My mother was headed to have an abortion. At the clinic, lost the money in the car. Changed her mind. 25 years later. The enemy knew then what God would do now. My mother was trapped inside of a house fire and the fireman said, hey, there's nothing we can do. It's too dangerous. My granddad says, no, not my child. Goes, in, goes into the fire himself, brings my mother out like this. What the enemy knew then was for what God is going to do now. This man right here was born with asthma, lean worship now. You almost died, I saw that testimony. I wonder what the enemy sees about your children afar off that you don't see right now. See, 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 Moses' mother knew something was special about Moses, so she took a risk, put him inside of a basket, and put him inside of a river. It's important as parents that we have a spiritual discernment over the gifts God has put inside of our children's lives. Because what that does, that trains us on how to parent them. But to be ignorant of what God has called our children to do puts them in danger. What has God put in your children's life that you are not aware of?
Because the enemy does not wait for your child to become 18 before he starts attacking them. No, perversion starts at four years old when they're with the babysitter. Some of the struggles that we have are directly connected to the leadership that we have. Famine, things drying up inside your life. I realize that anytime there's a famine inside God's church, that means there's a greedy pastor. Because the flow has been blocked. Because the Bible says that everything should flow from the head down. So when the congregation is in so much debt, I'm wondering why the pastor is so rich. Because a greedy shepherd usually sometimes has starving sheep. I wonder what famine that's been over your life has been because who you're connecting yourself to. Genesis 18, you saw him afar off in the distance. Spiritual assassins. Is the anointing on your life? God wants to expose their motives. Matthew 7, verse 15. Go to it real quick. Matthew 15. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And so if we're going to read some of the Bible, let's read all of the Bible. So that tells me that everybody in my circle ain't a sheep. That Jesus clearly says to be, beware of what happens on the inside, their motives. Do you know the motives of the people you have connected yourself to this morning? Beware of their motives. I pray that God would expose every plot of the enemy that's against your life right now that you are unaware of. Spiritual says that God to open my eyes to people's motives. Joseph goes through this process for 20 years. 20 years God gives him a dream where he gets sold into this process and God told me to tell some Joseph in here to don't give up on what God has called you to do that even though you're in process understand your process is a school that God is showing you something that God is teaching you something that God is educating you on the people around you God is trying to show you something about the people around you with the things that you're going through right now 20 years from a dream to it actually happening Keep using your gift. Joseph got inside of a prison, but he kept using his gift. God told me that some of you have stopped using your gift. When Bishop were here, some of you were serving, faithful servant. But now Bishop leaves, now you're too busy. <laughs> oh, oh it's, it's Pastor Justin today. I'm pastoring today. Bishop leaves, now you're too busy. But you have a gift from God. Understand that Joseph did not get offended that God had put him inside of a prison, but he used his gift anyway. He had every reason not to use his gift. But there was a butler and there was a baker that had a dream. Go to um, Spirit Move for me. A butler and a baker that had a dream. And Joseph used his gift anyway. And the Bible says that, that the baker died, but the butler lived. And because he used his dream on the butler, he goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. The butler says, hey, I know a guy that can interpret dreams. His name is Joseph. I wonder if you coming out your prison is directly connected to you using your gift. Had Joseph not used his gift, the butler would have never known he could interpret dreams. But because the butler knew, 
he told Pharaoh, Pharaoh says, hey, I want Joseph. And the Bible says that all of a sudden, Joseph had to change his garment and go to the palace. A lot of times your promotion is being delayed because you won't serve. Because you won't use your God-given gift. That you got every excuse in the world to not use it. But what happens? What happens when we say, hey, hey, you know what? God, Joseph could have said, God, I know I'm in this prison for a reason. But I'm not going to allow my situation to dictate whether or not I use what you put inside of me. So I'm going to take the gift you've given me and I'm going to use it for your glory anyway. And because God did that, Joseph got promoted. Some of you need to get back into the game. That you've sat down long enough. That coming to church and going home is so old school. Is that when we realize that we don't deserve to be here. But it's only because of God's grace and his mercy that we are able to do what God has called us to do. I don't pass it because I want to. I pass it because I get to. Because somebody died for me. Somebody gave his life for me. Somebody laid down his life for me. Should be every, should be the only reason you want to serve. It's because Jesus died for you. And the moment you lose that mentality is the moment you come to church and you go back home not doing anything. There is something in God's house you can do. David said that I would rather be a doorkeeper. I would rather open and close the door than dwell in tents with the wicked. There is something in God's house that you can do. That God is convicting you now to get back involved, to serve again. Joseph brothers didn't realize that the moment they put Joseph inside that pit, they brought a famine on their land. And God, God told me for every Joseph brother mentality in here, everybody that has mistreated people in 2016, that if you don't confess what you've done, there's a famine coming to your land. That if you don't, everybody that's, you've mistreated people, you've been different. God says that if you don't confess, because Jacob asked him, where's your brother? And they never confessed into it. So a famine hits their land in Canaan. A lot of times your famine is connected to your confession. The moment you confess to God, hey, I've done this, the moment things begin to open back up. But if you don't confess some things to God that you've done to get over on people, you're going to find yourself living in some famine situations. Heard God told me today that he wants to break the yokes off of some people in here that have been connected to leadership. Because watch this, watch, come here, Marcus. A soul tie is different than a yoke. Because a soul tie, my soul is connected, but I can still move. I can still advance in life, but my mind is messed up. But Isaiah, Isaiah, what is it? Isaiah 10, 27 says that the anointing destroys every yoke. And so when I'm still yoked to incorrupt covering, when I'm still yoked to things that are not of God, what happens when I get yoked to is that I can't move on my own. And you wonder why there's been no movement inside your life because you maybe you're still yoked to something that God is not pleased with. And say, man, I should have been promoted by now. What's going on? What are you still yoked to? What are you still connected to? That, go that way for me. That when you try to go where God has called you to go, keep trying to go, you're still connected. That's what it is. It, it does choke the life out of you because you're frustrated 
can't realize why you can't. But, but you're still connected. What are you still yoked to this morning? It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. That's what the Bible says. I realize that we need revival more than just a harvest of souls. We need the Holy Spirit anointing over our lives to set us free from some bondages, to set us free from some yokes, from some depression, from some things that is not of God, to set us free from incorrupt mentalities. We need the, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to break chains in our lives this morning. I told myself last night, I said, I want y'all to pray for your leaders this morning, that I want God to break yokes in our lives. That everything that is not of him has to be broken off in Jesus' name this morning. Center your feet. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that you are blessed by God's word. To find out more information about Hope Church or to financially partner with us to continue sharing the gospel, please visit IamHope.Church.